0: Alright, your post-show list over there What the fuck's up with Bell's Too Hearted, man?
1: I don't know
0: I I thought it was just an old keg that the wholesaler sold me For the picnic And then I had a bottle and it was also gross <laughs> This one wasn't gross And I was really, like, that's that's... I like this. I was thinking, I like this hibiscus beer better than many hibiscus beers. Is what I was thinking. Mm-hmm.
1: But it was an oxidized belt.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Which doesn't speak highly for hibiscus
0: beers. No, I'm not a huge fan of <laughs> hibiscus beers.
1: <laughs> that doesn't mean that you can't use hibiscus right. It just means that
0: people don't. People <laughs> generally
1: point, people don't. Uh, yeah. But no, I, I, that was not bells. That was not what I thought bells was.
0: How, sh- how much of a shocker was that peeling off that tab? And...
1: Well, you were the one who saw it immediately, and and so it was kind of a it was a half shocker. It yeah, was yeah. a major shocker for
0: yeah. you. <laughs> uh, I mean, we should have traded off. Yeah. But oh. that was fun. I love doing. Yeah, it's a good game. I'm happy it was a good yeah. game. Better than the last one. <laughs> Last one was still being play tested when we played yeah, it, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's the
1: Star Trek and Across the Universe a parody Star Trek song. So, I, I want to... I do want to talk a little bit about Star Trek because I think I, I kind of mentioned it before but it's like... What's the difference between Star Trek and Star Wars? Well... Obviously, they're they're both cultural milestones. Um, well, Star Wars is is two is three movies, plus all the accoutrements that go along with that. Star Trek is a bunch of TV shows, right? And and so it has more time to kind of get into both the characters yeah. and the space of the universe. And really, does delve into more philosophical ideas than Star Star Wars ever does. Star Wars is kind of about good versus evil, and that's it. Yeah. Um, Star Trek is uh, can can at times take a more nuanced view. How,
0: how do? I haven't seen a Star Trek movie in forever. I've seen some of the some of the old ones. I remember watching Wrath of Khan and with those earworm things, and yeah, like, yeah, give me nightmares. But I was not old enough to appreciate the movie other than how gruesome those earworms were. Um, of, the, of the Star Wars movies, how good, good are star they? Star Trek movies? Or, yeah, Star Trek movies. How so good the fir- are they so, compared to like yeah. really good Star Trek no, no. shows?
1: It, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a good question, and I don't think... <sighs> Let's see. I would say that one of the star... At, at least...
0: I want more Star Death, damn it. Yeah, me too. (laughs) It's so good. Uh, But it was 9.5%, and I'm feeling that. Yeah. Okay. Movies, compared to the best Star Trek shows.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm thinking... Star Trek Two is one of the best movies of the Star Trek. I think it's a great movie.
0: And Star Trek Two, was there a subtitle to it? or Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan, okay.
1: Yeah, okay. So you have the first one, which is like the Star Trek The Motion Picture, which mm-hmm. is this ponderous 2001, you know, Star Starship porn. I, I think there are a few good ideas in there that stretched okay. way out. Not a great movie. I think Star Trek Two is a really tight, very good movie, but it's essentially a submarine movie. I mean, mm-hmm. you could take those characters and put them into submarines and not change hardly a thing about the plot, and you know, just you know where the people are from, and then the fact that they're in, in submarines as opposed to starships, and the same shit. Like it is, it is the same movie. Okay. It's a submarine movie. It's submarine battle movie. Uh, Star Trek 3 is uh, a better movie than most people give it credit for. Which one's that? That's The Search for Spock. Okay. That's where they have to find dead, resurrected Spock on the Genesis planet, which is a, a thing that's come from the Star Trek 2. So so th- there were there were sci-fi lines in Star Trek 2, like I said, which is a submarine movie. There were sci-fi stuff that were brought into Star Trek 3 and given... You know, g- given some weight, uh, I think Star Trek Three is better than most people give it credit for. It's not great, but it's decently fun and it's fine. Uh, it changed the way the universe deals with Klingons considerably. Uh, turned them from kind of tan guys with beards on the original series to you know ridges and foreheads and and okay. all the other stuff, and also gave them cloaked vessels, which were. Cr- previously according to the whatever canon was established the, only a romulan thing changed the kind of star trek world that that movie and star trek 4 i think is is worse than most people give it credit for it's kind of a comedy which one's that that's uh the voyage home okay. the the there be
0: whales here yes oh, yeah.
1: uh someone the where they go back in time to the 1980s and uh and 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 get two humpback whales and stuff the probe I think the sci-fi stuff is fine I think all like everything that happens in the 80s is dumb and stupid uh,
0: there were not anal probes I hope
1: no it was a gigantic yeah, okay. probe from some crazy <laughs> I don't know and from, from a Star Trek point of view that's kind of the part of the the interesting aspect of Star Trek is the unknown. Right, so these kind of things are very Star Trekky, and so that was a very Star Trekky thing. This probe that from an unknown area, you know, is, is trying to find things it was contacting with, which turned out to be humpback whales. It's an interesting idea. I think it's a cool, like sci-fi, clever idea, but uh, stretched out and turned into a comedy, I don't think it really works. Uh, Star Trek Five was a disaster. With an interesting idea at the core. Which one was that? That was the one that that William Shatner directed. That was the um, the uh, I don't even remember the, the goddamn what is still a Star Trek five? It's just Star Trek five to me. Um, it's it's the, it's the Shatner one. <laughs> the Shatner uh, one. <laughs> yeah, uh, with, with that that like had it was terrible, but then it had like one or two awesome scenes in it, like Shatner going to. Well, you to to he meets God, right? Of course. And and but God wants to, to take the starship, and and Saturn's like, what is God? want with a starship? And turns out it's not God; it's just a very powerful alien creature. Um,
0: the Final Frontier. The Final
1: Frontier, yes. Star Trek Six was actually a really good kind of Cold War, post Cold War movie. Uh, the Undiscovered Country, which is about peace with the Klingons. Then we move into Star Trek Generations, which uh, uh, was just a, a shitty kind of way to, oh, let's bring the the, the I mean, I think Star Trek Six was, was really good in a way to kind of end the old series canon, but no, they had to like bring four or five people <laughs> from Kirk's time into, into the TNG time, and then the Star Trek movie became action shock. Mm-hmm. So. Everything After Generations is action dumb shit. It's, um, dumb shit action in final, in in, uh, um, First Contact, which had some, again, had some neat ideas, but dissolved in the dumb shit action. Uh, it's Insurrection, which was just kind of boring and had dumb shit action in it. Nemesis, which was fucking terrible. Um, Star Trek, the Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams version, which was just like, everything's turned, it. it's Kirk and Spock, but they're turned to 11, right? And then, <laughs> Lens flare, lens flare! Yeah, and then Star Trek in the Darkness is like, and they're turned to 11 and half as smart. And then Beyond, which was still action schlocky, but fun, I, I thought I thought Beyond was okay. was absolutely the best of those three and and a and a, and a decently fun experience, action schlocky still. But everything after Generations was action schlocky. still had that sort of action Okay, thing.
0: So, two and three were your favorites. Or? I would say
1: two and six are my two favorites. And six, three okay. would be my next one. Yeah. Uh, so here, so so that's the thing. Is like. And I said this before Star Trek, unlike Star Wars, Star Trek fans recognize that half of Star Wars is shit. At least <laughs> they've done so many episodes, <laughs> they've done a bunch of shit. I mean, the weird thing about Star Wars is everything is lionized. And it has to be the best. Like, oh, it's so good. No, you have well, to. Well, I think
0: it... Well, it was so rare before. Yes. Now that it's not rare, some point soon we're going to realize. Oh, some of these movies are pretty <coughs> shitty. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, I think I think how rare it was. at a certain point, it was three movies that lasted what twenty years, 15, eighteen years, fifteen years, something like that. Until you mean until there was the next one. Until the prequels, yeah. Yeah. So like super rare, and then
1: right. The last one was like eighty three or something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then you got three more, and then Lucas said he's not gonna do the final he's not gonna finish the saga. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, I wanna see what happens with old Luke, because it's gonna be amazing. And now the saga's being finished. Oh, okay, Luke, Luke really didn't do that much. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Timothy Zahn really made him better. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and that, so the, the, the interesting thing about Star Trek versus Star Wars to me is, is 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 that they're really very different franchises Mm -hmm. um they seem similar because they both seem sci-fi-ish i would argue star wars is not sci-fi not at all um other than the fact it takes place in space but it's really more mad space magic star trek is more i mean there's still plenty of space magic in star trek but star trek takes a more uh talky and techy route right so it, it the characters talk more about things they're more philosophized. but
0: well, when there's trade negotiations in Star Trek they actually matter to the plot
1: yes right yeah um yeah they're not just a a throwaway plot element well i mean they can be uh but i'm just
0: saying the general but they,
1: it, you can build a plot in Star Trek around trade negotiations and and ostensibly make it interesting. Uh in Star Wars, if it doesn't have blasters or 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 lightsabers or good versus evil, uh in, in, in the form of Jedi and Sith, then you're probably not hitting those notes. And it's it's weird because it's like I'm not I'm not trying to necessarily say oh Star Wars is shit and Star Trek is better because like I said half of Star Trek is shit it's not like I mean I like Star Trek more because those high points to me mm-hmm. are way higher than I get from Star Wars but I get that other people are going to disagree with me and they're going to say no the Star I mean those Star Wars movies were like they 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 changed my perception of 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 storytelling, and, and certainly the first one is a uh, a masterclass in terms of of following the hero's journey mm-hmm. story. And uh, if, if you look at some of the stuff on on YouTube about uh, how it was a disaster until it was edited into a masterclass uh, by George Lucas's wife, who he then divorced because she was better talent than he was. Uh, <laughs> In just in terms of filmmaking, look. In, start, I think George Lucas is yeah. a great idea guy. I really do. I yeah. think he's a great idea guy.
0: He just needs to know when to hand it off. Yeah, um, but then again, he's richer than we can ever hope to be. So
1: <laughs> an idea guy, but there's also there's a right place, right time aspect yeah. to that yeah. as well. Um, and yeah, so so yeah, he could he could buy and sell me, like. Thirty, forty times over, and and still have money to do the same thing again. So, <laughs> um, so yes, it, I'm, not, I'm not trying to track his worth mm-hmm. in right. that sense. I'm just saying, from my perspective, I don't find what he did or what Gene Roddenberry did as impressive. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that that that. I mean it's notable that what they started but it takes these things take on a life of their own at a certain point and the example that I sometimes use is uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes I think Star Trek kind of has a Sherlock Holmes aspect to it in that it's always kind of redefined and reused and and done in a different Mm -hmm. way by different people uh, and all of them kind of work in their own way because there's there was this definition by Co, by Conan Doyle who created the characters, but at a certain point, they're they're sort of universals and they're sort of they're, they're kind of story mythology that that exists in in the culture, and then you can do what you want with them, and that's sort of like the 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 aspect of of Star Trek is exploration, finding the unknown, and uh, and working together, and the aspect of star wars is fight is good versus evil uh and and fighting for for that i think that's mm-hmm. those, you know those are two very different like the Star trek happens after the star wars right <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh well it said a long time ago in a galaxy far right. away so. yes yeah <clears throat> uh i' i find them. You know they're not necessarily incompatible, but whenever Star Trek does war, it turns into kind of this dumb battle porn where they get these. You know where, where it turns into Star Wars essentially, and it, and Star Trek is a pale imitation of Star Wars yeah. at its best. If
0: Star Trek goes to war, it should be like long-term moving of fronts and political impact, you know. Cause... Yes,
1: th- right. That's the interesting stuff about... I mean, and and there are... So, like, DS9 had a big war arc, and the interesting stuff was not the space battle shit, even though it was... Uh, I mean, when I was, you know, when I was, you know, my teens and I was watching mm-hmm. it, like, ooh, space battles. But now I watch it and I'm bored as, as shit by all that space battle nonsense because the interesting stuff was... The political shit that was going on, the, the 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 stuff that happened from the different from the perspective of a different. So styles.
0: I talked about this before, but um, there's a sci-fi series that I've been reading, and listening to, the the Honor Harrington. Um, I forget who the author is, uh, but the way it, it, it's a ton of books, but the way that um, the space battles are written about first off they're written about like in the time scale of like a naval sailing ship battle like because you know it's more about the geometry of space and how things are far apart right, uh, and and battles are usually predetermined by the strength of the forces mm. and there's not very many intangibles Yes, but then, but then, but then the hero, the book, is the intangible that always wins the battle. But aside from that, it's it's interesting when you're you're reading this chapter about this pinnacle of the battle, and it's progressing so slowly because it's in space. But it, you know, it's more like for us, we can make more sense if we were on you know tall ships sailing in the ocean. Yeah you know, fighting the spanish armada, you know that kind of thing.
1: So, I've been recently I I watched all of The, I the Expanse and that's there's two there's two seasons of that mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it.
0: I watched it. the first season of Expanse and I, I didn't it's, really
1: it's okay but but in terms of of science, they get a lot of the science like of how ships move and stuff mm-hmm. in space more it's certainly more correct than than any I mean there's in terms of what the Epstein drive is, the, the thing that allows them to constantly accelerate and, and constantly decelerate and still have plenty of fuel mm-hmm. is, is is still sci-fi magic. But other than that, everything else is, is essentially more or less correct, right? I mean, in terms of when they do battles, it's at a large distance, there's relativistic time differences, there's uh, there's the issue with people who live on different planets and live in different environments have different gravities that they're used to, and so you can do, like, gravity torture by having someone who is used to Mm -hmm. being, you know, in in point one or point two G, put them into one G, put them on Earth, and just have them hang.
0: Yeah. uh, I, You know, I I hesitate to recommend things to you. No, I... I... But I think you should... I mean... I, I think you should check out the Honor Arrington. I'll send you the author here um, as soon as I find it. I Honor, saw
1: I saw a, a bunch of books in front of me. I saw mm-hmm. to read the Three Body Problem and and, and okay. the other two books that are in front of that and and
0: you know assuming the Three Body Problem. David which, Weber is the author, but uh, yeah. But
1: the Expanse is based on a bunch of books, which is based on mm-hmm. as it turns out originally there, this guy was designing an MMO, and okay. Then he started to design. He started to design. It was MMO, and then he said, "Okay, MMO area is dying." Then we started to, to turn it into a tabletop game. And then somebody was like, "You wrote so much material for this. Just write a book series." And he did. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's it's. It, but this guy then teamed up. So the author is a pen name. That's two guys who are writing. This okay. Uh, but it. It does have a very sci-fi element to it. It doesn't really... Because there, there's this proto-matter stuff that turns out to be from another, from another a- alien source that then gives them...
0: Yeah. There's tons of big-picture stuff in this universe and whatnot. I'll, I'll send you a link, and you can maybe check out one of the books. But um, like I said, I I reluctantly or hesitantly recommend it to you. But I, I think like talking about the Star Trek stuff, talking about big-picture things... And you know, deep view, and there's like 20 books in the series, right? So it goes way too many, it goes really deep. And I'm not saying every element of the character would be something you like, but I think in general, it's going to be a a bunch of hits versus a few or more misses. So
1: check it out. SpaceX,
0: yes, oh my god, how so I was okay. Let me tell you my impression here. The day before the launch, I started looking into it more and I, you know, I got the kind of the details of the Tesla and the dummy and the spacesuit and all that stuff. And my first thought was, you know, just schlock marketing gimmicky stuff.
1: That's what exactly what it is.
0: And I told my kids about it. And it lit them up like a match, right? That's how you get kids interested yeah, in rocket yeah, science. yeah. And that's I completely true. changed my opinion. Because they
1: don't have the cynicism that we do. Right? They're, they're not that's looking
0: That's how you get kids interested in rocket science. Think of it from a science communicator. Think of it from a Neil deGrasse Dyson or a Bill Nye kind of way.
1: Yeah, that's true. If you don't have the cynicism about this about the business of space like we do, because we know enough to know I mean, I'm, I'm not saying we're experts. We're mm-hmm. far from experts, but we know enough to know that, to, to be cynical about these kind
0: of things. Uh, and right, that was my first yeah. opinion, right? Yeah. And Allie changed it.
1: Okay. Yeah, I can see why kids would get excited about this. They're launching a car into space. That's awesome. Yeah. That's. I mean, a, I mean, wait. And, and from from, from okay, a kid, you're going to launch
0: that. or You're going to launch a bunch of concrete ballast. In yeah, this space?
1: from a kid perspective, that is kind of awesome. That's a cool. That's a, that's a cool way to do it. It's also a fucking douchey way to do it, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's so
0: douchey. Oh
1: douchey do and cool write a very fine line
0: he could have launched a couple tons of concrete into space but why not make it a Tesla
1: I I, yeah sure no great ad great ad um the only reason not to make a Tesla is humility which I don't think Elon Musk has much of
0: uh he's changing the world we're not
1: yes yes he at a certain point you say well there's you know you give him some some let some some wiggle room in terms of of his you know promotional stuff and yeah it's really cool it's the most powerful rocket that that is available to humans right now uh
0: the yeah since the saturn five second most powerful rocket to fly um so the two boosters flying back to Cape Canaveral, which I was telling people that is like no one in science fiction has written that. That is just too crazy for even science fiction. That you can take something that you've boot, launched into orbit or boost, you know, the boosters for something that's going to be orbital and fly it back well, to the, its... the
1: point is they're not orbital boosters. They're, they're well, but I mean they, they don't they didn't get to orbit.
0: They didn't. But still, being able to fly them back to where they started? It, I mean, it from just, a
1: reusability standpoint?
0: But it's, you know, like how many people would just assume that that's not possible? Like, almost everybody. Well, yeah. because And probably half the rocket scientists in the world thought that wasn't possible.
1: Well, here's the thing. It's not that it's not possible. It's just that the, the, the logistics behind it were fucking insane. Hmm. No one never thought it was impossible. Everyone's like, sure. God, did you have to do all that calculation, all that shit, all all that, having to to, to keep all that fuel and then ride your stuff back. It's awesome that he did it and figured it out. It's I mean, it is it's amazing. It's a technical it's a technical achievement that is up there with the greats in terms of engineering hmm. and technical achievement. It is an absolute wonder and uh it is fantastic, but it's not unheard of a, The concept at least is not unheard of I mean, it, but everyone thought it was like, well, that's just too much money and too much right. but he did it. He said, "Yeah, yeah well, I'm going to put all all my money and it, to me in in a very kind of perverse way, it shows the power of being super rich you can you can grow you can throw that kind of money away. Because that was a fucking lot of money that he threw away. I mean, it it, it ended up working. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Hyperloop's going to get out of the way. Right? I mean, who knows? He doesn't have to hit but, run every single yeah, time. Yeah. But it's it's like... But yeah, I mean, when you have that kind of money, when you have the money of a fucking country in one person's hand, well, you can do... Yeah, it's true. You can do a lot of shit. And... That's a it's, it's a, it's a weird position because I, I'm amazed by it, but I'm also like, how much good could that money do put in a different position? And I don't think...
0: But no one is innovating in space like that right now. Yes, you know? right. So. And
1: that's, that's the problem is is that once money gets spread around... It gets diluted right you, you there's a there is a difference between like you could say all you want well if we took all the money as we put it in the space and the military blood blah, blah, put it into all these sources then then we'd have a you know, free healthcare for everybody free university for everybody and that's a great idea i mean it's a it's a wonderful vision of the future in some sense but also like you can think well If there's not the force of that money pushing it somewhere, there's not the inertia of having extra money to push in that direction, is shit going to get done?
0: And then the second thing is, if he wasn't putting the money into space development, it's just going to go into some other investment. Yeah. And almost certainly not as good for... The long view of humanity.
1: Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is, what if you spread it around
0: and make things into a sort of
1: homogenous thing? Then there's nothing that takes off, right? So there's <laughs> nothing that that has the at least the monetary.
0: Power. There's that point of view, but all I'm saying is, if he didn't put it in space, he put it into cryptocurrency or hedge funds or you <sighs> know some other investment, which would be detrimental to humanity. Right, yeah. This one is beneficial in a very long view to humanity. Potentially. Potentially. He's creating technology.
1: There's no place better for humanity than Earth. By far, right? And unless you spend absurd amounts of money and have absurd materials we can't... Conceiva. What about
0: what about the argument of all the technology we gained from the space race? It's a good but, argument. Okay, so all the technology that you know, the difference in this case is instead of being federal government and public domain type technology, right. all of that is it's owned all proprietary,
1: and there's no so far we haven't gotten Velcro right out of uh, out of SpaceX. Um and we haven't gotten improved batteries out of Tesla. For all the interesting mm-hmm. stuff that he's done for electric cars. Sure. Has that changed the, the way we view cars? Not yet.
0: Maybe it will. I think that uh it's changed the battery landscape. Not not as much as it needs to change. Yeah. But I, I think that Tesla and Solar City has definitely changed.
1: I think it made it a viable option. But it has not made it the kind of thing that will take over yet.
0: Okay, so if you have the vision, if you're the visionary that shows that some crazy idea is possible, and then other enterprises can start following along, that's beneficial too, right? Absolutely. You know, so he showed that an electric car is possible. Right. He showed that solar shingles are possible. He showed that Okay. The solar city, the shingle. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like,
1: thing. it only it only matters if people follow along,
0: right? Well, I think that you know he's he's plowing the way for in a bunch of different technologies. Yeah, I, I agree. And maybe someone else would have if there was a vacuum. I'm not there.
1: trying to to.
0: I'm not, and I don't want to sound yeah, like yeah. I worship. I'm not worshiping at the yeah. church of Elon Musk. I'm just I'm not, saying, I'm trying to disparage the guy either. It, it, I think it's... his net benefit to humanity is definitely. He's he's in the plus column there.
1: I. I I agree. It, it, but it's so hard to 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 come up with a calculation while you're in the middle of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. hard to to understand where things are going when you don't have an idea. I mean, there's tons of shit that could happen that could that could make these things completely moot or could make these things that make him into the singular pioneer of the, of the first half of the 21st century. Is it's such a
0: Oh, okay. So he so what if he would have taken some of these resources and put him into owning media?
1: Oh, he's done enough. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm no, but what I'm saying, okay. But it seems like, and I'm not a I'm not a scholar who studies Elon, Elon Musk, but it seems to me that you know he is... It's a crowded
1: fucking landscape media. That's the thing. Elon Musk has. Oh. I think he has an eye towards stuff right. that's not. But crowded. if you
0: just if you just kind of compare him and Bezos, right? You know, Bezos bought Wall Street Journal, right, or not the Wall Street Washington Journal, Post, Washington Post, and you know, and Whole Foods. Yeah, but like, okay, so if Elon Musk wanted to be all-powerful emperor of the world, he probably would have made a better investment by owning media.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you ask me who's going to have more influence in the world, it's probably Jeff Bezos, not not Elon Musk, right? Because Jeff Mm -hmm. Bezos has fucking Amazon, Washington Post, media, he's got a... um, Whole Foods, and he's going to turn those all those Amazon stores where people shop just by walking in, picking their stuff, and, th- and walking out. And they mm-hmm. get charged for it. I mean, have you seen the stuff about that? Yeah. So, like, his stuff is very down. I mean, he does have that space shit, but it's very. Even his space shit is down to Earth. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just yeah. going to Mercury shit. We're not going to do anything. You know, even. It's really kind of Gemini shit. It's not even Mercury. <laughs> it's just, we're just going to go up, go down. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. And I don't know where, where where that you know, how what, what blue was what it? Blue Blue Origin Blue Origin is doing now. I mean you don't hear about them. They're
0: anymore. working uh, yeah, I mean you don't hear too much. I mean they're they have a roadmap, right? They have new Shepherd, New Allen, New Armstrong. And, you know, basically each one is Mercury, Gemini, Apollo, right? right. That kind of capability. Uh but yeah, he's basically reestablishing nineteen sixties capabilities. Mm-hmm. Probably, almost certainly, more cost-effectively right. than the government spend that we did back then. But, you know, you don't see him really... You don't see him changing... He's not doing changing stunts.
1: Well, he's not doing stunts. He's not doing
0: as, or at least as many things. I mean, like, Elon Musk... Well, you you spend, even said yeah. before, you like, oh, Elon is so far ahead because the the Falcon rocket can put things into orbit... And the blue and the new Shepard, is a suborbital yeah, rocket,
1: right? And, and and it's all it does is go up and go down. But he's doing it at a very kind of NASA like pace. He's building at least from what I, I mean. I don't. I haven't mm-hmm. heard of new, you know from New Origin in, in a while. But he was just doing like very very, as safe as possible. Build this stuff so as it also as cost effective mm-hmm. as possible. Where Elon Musk is just throw money at it. Is there a problem? Throw throw money in it. Throw
0: money in it. Oh, when I was at Tom's Brewery, there was a table of people. It was a day that, space, that SpaceX launched. There was a table of people from SpaceX there. No shit. Yeah, yeah. The guy was wearing a SpaceX coat, and I started chatting him up. He was so... I mean, would you... So I got to talk yeah, with the real SpaceX guy for a few minutes. It was pretty cool. I got to go
1: to 2PP. Two, two, two so uh, hold, hold the show.
0: Okay. Things and stuff and stuff and things. Uh, flying out to Seattle had a layover in Denver both ways. Was there long enough to? Between my two gates was the rock bottom that was in. I guess it's C concourse B concourse. I forget in Denver. They had an Imperial Stout on tap. I'm like, well, shit. Maybe Rock Bottom makes a decent Imperial Stout. Spoilers, they don't. Um It was kind of like this toffee brown ale. It was not what I wanted. I was very disappointed. But I could have got a shot for half price when I bought the beer. Oh, and the bartender was, she hates beer. So, yeah, thought I'd give Rock Bottom a chance there. The the New Belgium taproom was in a different uh, terminal, so I wasn't able to get there. Cool story, bro. I know, I know that there wasn't much behind that other than Rock Bottom made a shitty Imperial Stout. I would love to tell you about, like, all the cool Microsoft stuff that I did this week. I I could probably tell you. Uh, My counterpart, who was taking me around this week, took me to um, a building, a place in a building called The Garage. And this is Microsoft's own make shop. They have a pretty significant make shop for employees where there was probably like six or seven 3d printers big soldering stations there was a vacuum forming thing some sewing machines but they had a laser cutter drill press metal bending machine a couple other computerized industrial something or another. which I, I couldn't get in there was there's the make and shop you
1: still haven't made me my
0: okay I'll tell you about that in a second uh, there's the make shop and then there's like the advanced make shop behind it and uh-huh. And my counterpart's badge wouldn't unlock the door to the advanced make shop I guess he didn't take the training for that so I was looking through the window and you could see the laser cutter drill press but there was also like four other machines without, I'm not sure what they did and <laughs> um, oh my god it's like when I left that room I'm like Okay, i trying to do the calculus. If I moved to Redmond, <laughs> I don't know, just such a cool perk. Um, hey, don't worry, Greg, I'm not moving to Redmond. If you
1: did, I would visit often because <laughs> I like Seattle a lot and I have a place to stay.
0: Yeah. The thing is, you know how much this house would cost <laughs> in Puget Sound? I can imagine. Yeah, like probably three times as much. Oh, I think Maybe four under, times as under, much. So, yeah. You think this would be a million dollar house out there? Yes. Huh. Easy. Just the just location alone. Yeah. So, yeah, if I was single, if I was single right now, if I was you, I'd be looking at Rex and Redmond for sure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about crappy radio. I'd be looking for Rex and Redmond if I were you. Um, I'd but I'm not you, I got two kids And that, that kind of puts down an anchor But oh, the make shop So jealous, like, my counterpart's like Yeah, bring my kids here We worked on our Pinewood Derby car uh, Built a drone And like you know, There's a couple guys there Running the 3D printers, printing out whatever people are doing some uh, gold leaf um, Trying to transfer Gold leaf onto glass, I think is what they were doing You know Just doing all kinds of little crafty maker type stuff. It was uh it's pretty cool. Cool. And it's you know, it's just one of those perks that are available to employees. Once you get the training to use all the equipment. You can print it 3D printers from anywhere on campus. You know, they're using like probably something similar to Octoprint like I'm using on mine. So
1: (laughs) why couldn't you build my virus?
0: Okay, so when I was trying to switch to the, the glow-in-the-dark filament. I was put it put on the hardened nozzle, and I couldn't get the filament to extrude right, so I was t- started taking apart the extruder, and the heater cartridge, the lead broke off of the heater cartridge.
1: Jesus, what's going on with your stuff? It's all falling apart.
0: It just happens. The heater car- So I bought, like, the heater cartridge that comes on the printer is like a $2 heater cartridge. But it doesn't fit in the heater block hole quite right because it's uh, the hole's a quarter inch and the heater cartridge is six millimeters or so, I think something like that. Huh? So I bought a fourteen dollar heater cartridge, which is like custom made Ooh. in Cleveland Ooh. to to fit he
1: made in the USA
0: quarter quarter inch right length and stuff. So I had to wait for that. Then I got that installed. Then but then I had to recalibrate, relevel. It. Everything so that took a while And I think I got the printer good Like I'm able to print pretty good flat stuff Now like I printed the slot for Ali's Valentine's box And a few other things I was going to start a not glow in the dark Version at the normal Scale of your bacteriophage But I didn't think it would get done before the show uh. Um I'm going to print that first So you're going to get a white one that's you know, About three inches tall and then after I'm sure that I can print things that are about three inches tall, because I've only printed stuff that's quarter inch tall so mm. far. Uh, so once I'm sure I can print up high again. Then I gotta see if I can get that I've never printed with the glow in the dark filament until I tried this. And when I like I said, when I installed it before, it wasn't extruding like at all. Mm. So I'm gonna I'll get you the white one. And then I'll try to print you like a 200% size glow-in-the-dark one. So it'll be about six inches tall.
1: Man, an awesome glow-in-the-dark bacteriophage.
0: So you're going to be my guinea pig to make sure this thing still works. But I just got it back together right before I left for the trip. Well, my idea is going to be your guinea pig, not me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, your product.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, But yeah, that's why. I had to wait a a couple days. I had to wait almost a week for the heater cartridge. And uh, then it was a lot of work putting everything back together. So, apology accepted. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I know you didn't apologize. The new heater cartridge seems to be, like, a lot more efficient because there was a tolerance thing. The old heater cartridge was somewhat smaller than the hole. This one's, like, the exact same tolerance as the hole. So it fits in there a lot better. I had to retune, like, the heater algorithm the they call it PID tuning, but I had to retune the the heater algorithm, and it like it seems to heat so much faster now. I just think you know paying fourteen dollars for the heater cartridge, where most of them cost two, was was a good investment. Cool,
1: awesome. So let's finish by talking a little bit more about American Vandal. because I got you to watch the whole thing. Oh yeah, I not mean, yeah. we Talk about it last week. Not not all. Of we them. didn't
0: want to spoil it for yeah. Megan.
1: Yeah. So, if you haven't seen American Vandal, watch that shit. Go it's to on Netflix. Netflix. Go, to watch, go watch
0: it. It's awesome. Spoilers here on out. Yeah, and, and you have to give it some time. If you only watch like three episodes, you might think it's like kinda... So, like for me, I talked about this before, but I'm gonna say it again real quick. I didn't realize it was a satire going in. Mm-hmm. And then, when I realized it was a satire, it was like too over the top. I felt played. I felt this is juvenile. And I'm like fuck this. Yep. so I quit. And then Greg said, "No, no, no. Stick it out." And like the very next episode, like they put they dialed they reigned in the juvenile and it started like clicking.
1: I mean, the fourth episode doesn't so much reign in the juvenile because they they have the thing where they do they have like Okay, well, we we as documentary as documentarians should be also suspects, oh, right. and so they have <laughs> where, where where they do the studies of each other, and and the first one, of course, is just it's a big joke factory, yeah. and then the second one is where shit gets real, yeah, and shit getting real is is, is kind of the interesting is what. What, makes this, what made the show more than just funny for me mm-hmm. was when shit did get real, it got real in believable ways, and it said something that wasn't being said, but I think needed to be said. And that, that's what I, I was trying to sort of, you know... It, you asked me when I... Uh, before Megan arrived last last week... What, what were you talking about, about the stuff? Because I watched it, I liked it, but I didn't understand...
0: Yeah, I was expecting... You know, when Greg said... Uh, I forget, I don't want to misquote you, but mm-hmm. he said something along the lines of, it comes back and has a point. hmm So yes. I'm watching it. I'm trying to see where this show's going. I'm, it's winding and weaving. I'm like, oh, is it about sexual assault? No. You know, I was trying to figure out where it landed. And then it finished... And I kind of missed where it landed, so where it came together. But you know, that's where
1: yeah. So where it really comes together is being about being as a meta commentary on crime, uh, on true crime documentaries themselves, and and a, a commentary on the way we as a society consume them, and the way we as a society make stories about people not sure.
0: I mean I, I gathered it was I, I would have probably called it a satire of truth crime instead of a commentary but I, I get it but you know maybe I was looking, maybe because of what you said I was looking for a better moral to the story you oh, know? yeah no that, so, that's not there yeah.
1: but but at the end I mean there is a thing where it's like wait a minute like because at the end you know it, so it comes to the conclusion you find out Dylan had, didn't do it you know for sure right and then there's a a theory that's put out that seems evidently plausible uh and but but it's not confirmed because he's like you know peter peter who's the guy who did the documentary in, in the story it was like well the school board had their own story and it it added up and, but they didn't have proof and we proved it wrong so you know how can we say that this is definitely true. Now, it makes sense, their story. But there was a point to that. And then Dylan, hearing all the stuff that people said about him, regresses and mm-hmm. then simply takes up the the position that has been...
0: Right. He adopted the character. Yeah, he
1: adopted the character that was there. Uh, and, and so it was... It was the com it was the fact that 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 happened, and then the very end of the story is you know what are we doing here we're we are projecting people without understanding their stories we're projecting them into places and and even as like what I loved. <laughs> It's it, it's it's so hard to get into this without without you know seeing it. But I mean, like what what I loved was when after the fourth episode, when the documentary got popular, yeah, and that's when it's like it hit all those serial beats because mm-hmm. that was exactly what happened to serial, and it became it was like a feedback upon itself, and the documentary became part of the story instead of becoming just telling the story. And all that is reflected in American Vandal. The documentary becomes part of the story instead of telling a story. Documentarian becomes part of the story, and
0: even is that is that that like a fault of serial? Is that something that is like like if you're trying to be a documentarian? Was that like like should they have produced the entire series before they aired the first episode? Depends on or? what you're trying to yeah.
1: do. I mean, is it a fault of the series? It's it, it's it's a fault of a documentary that tries to be completely objective without taking with without taking any other input except for the facts of of the story itself. Mm-hmm. Is it a fault of the way that serial progressed? No, because it told a very interesting story that mm-hmm. was compelling. Yeah. Uh, it, it is and 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 as did American Vandal. Uh, by by taking the, those beats and 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 flipping them into a different thing, they, they kind of showed the skeleton of that and and why both why that was effective and why that is not a way to to get to truth, right? Why that's not an objective method, uh, and by putting it into this high school zone, they also showed the effect that has on the people who are ter- who are. Involved but are not part of it and who are only sort of involved involved in, in a in a tertiary way in a very in a very right. far way but become it's subjects a
0: good it's a good, good analogue for the bigger real world of serial, right? Right. Because it kind of says, you know, oh, we don't know these people, they're it's Ahmed or Serial Ahmed, yeah, Ahmed. Ahmed. Was it Ahmed? uh-huh In serial you know, and he's in Maryland, and I'm in Pennsylvania, or someone's in California. We don't know
1: Jay, and we're making all these aspersions mm-hmm. about Jay, and then about the people who know Jay, where we're, we're assuming so many things. Like, all the stuff about, um, I'm trying to remember the name but of But when
0: it. you cast it to a school, is what I was going to say, you're not so uh, unrelated as you might think, right? Is
1: well, everyone, everyone is is in the same, but that, that's just. But I'm just saying, in
0: serial, you seemed unrelated, but maybe the, the well, maybe the 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 moral of American Vandal is you're not as unrelated as it may seem.
1: I I, I, I suppose to me the 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 moral of American Vandal was storytelling is not reality, and by by making these stories like like the the thing like the to me one of the most one of the very effective scenes was i forget the name of 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 the of the the super hot girl yeah oh yeah yeah but you know her being angry at peter for for what he did which is use her mm-hmm. and her story and 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 what you know happened to her which was none of his business and really completely I mean, well, he was as trying. It, to, it turns he, out completely unrelated to, to to everything that happened.
0: He was trying to justify the character of the you redhead know, guy, right?
1: The of Alex Trimboli. Yeah, but but it it, it, I mean, it affected her. Whether whether it was necessary or not, to tell a story. It affected her, mm-hmm. and that was so there's like there, there's a consequence to even just telling stories. Uh, and and he, that is something that, as as a documentary producer, he's he's so focused on telling the truth that it never occurred to him that there's mm-hmm. a that there's a there's these. Yeah, I
0: mean, okay. So the story, as he saw it at the point, though, was hinging upon Stromboli. Yeah, right. So he had to either accredit or discredit Stromboli. Yeah,
1: yeah tromboli but yes i mean it doesn't matter it's it's a fictional character but there's yes but the point was two what was two ways i mean it was i I get what the point was the the, the point was both that yes he had to find some way to 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 assess his character and by doing so he affected people Mm -hmm. that he didn't mean to affect and it wasn't necessarily saying that, I mean, I guess you you, you could judge it as as saying that one is negative, one is positive, but but I think he was saying, look at it from both sides and it's not clear. And that doesn't, I mean, it's not necessarily saying don't do it, but it is saying this affects
0: people. Right. So it's another thought I just had about serial and what, what was portrayed in American vandal document the documentary was uh going live as it's being produced so it wasn't wrapped and right. they start feeding back on itself. But is that really that different than putting out a fully produced documentary and then getting feedback and then re you know, like reopening it, right? It's not it's not like the documentary has to be closed no point,
1: no right? I, so. I, it was it, it's more a commentary on on how like i said it was it's more commentary on how we consume these things mm-hmm. and how yeah. how how we as as people watching these things are so easily peg people in into these it,
0: they fit these they fit arts. they fit into story arc characters right, right. you know that kind of thing when and life is seldom Hitting beats,
1: right, and and that's the, the the whole reality show editing thing is that you can do so many you know, miraculous things through editing and, and yeah. make people.
0: I mean, people who listen to this show know that we that life doesn't hit beats, right? Yeah, <laughs> we almost never hit beats. Yeah, and,
1: and beats are, and we also know. I mean, from from me talking about story all the time, beats are are how we follow. Be- beats are how we understand things. It's how we consume things. How how they make sense to us. So if you want mm-hmm. to. Get ideas across. The best way is to put them into these beats. But yeah, real life doesn't actually follow these beats. And if when we make this this simulacrum of real life and and, and show it as a story, it's okay when it's fictional people. And and American Vandal, you know, gets gets away with it by making these into fictional. But at the same time, saying, "What are we doing if these were real people?" Like because yeah. it it has this.
0: I mean I think that's one of the things that was so special about cereal is they found a real story.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Did it, it messy. Ha- Did it have the beats or did they make the beats? They made the beats. But it was a story that could be made into the beats. Some I mean if
1: you understand how to tell a story you can make yeah. any story into yeah, these beats. You can twist it. Uh they made the beats. Um some of the beasts were natural, and I think some of them weren't. And that's kind of, that was the message of American Bamble to me was, and, and it wouldn't have worked had it not been played straight and not been played so well, right? I mean, like, the one of the things they got across was the, these felt like real people. They felt like three-dimensional people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though it's a very silly subject and very silly and funny throughout,
0: the, the scene where they were tracking the paint can through the party uh-huh yeah that was i amazing. love that scene
1: that was so amazing because you think about how filming that and 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 doing all of that
0: i mean it, w- it was amazing they did it with found footage but it wasn't found footage right it was, right yeah, yeah it was planned <laughs> yeah
1: but it didn't it didn't feel planned yeah. right i mm-hmm. mean and, and you're waiting for them to screw up and they don't mm-hmm. and all the all the stuff that happens seems organic it it, it feels right i mean to you the the inception was for you in in episode 3 you felt sort of cheated but but it,
0: mm-hmm. it
1: came back in episode yeah. 4 sure and like one of the things you mentioned was the oh this teacher how would it why well, you know why would he say these things? That's ridiculous. <laughs> he should say these things. And I told you it pays off. And t- would you agree it pays off? Yeah. It absolutely pays off because he gets, he gets fired because of it. And then he's like a drunk in his garage going like, Oh, oh God, let me tell you. <laughs> but he, but you also feel like a little bit of, of sympathy for him. Cause he was like, I just thought you were going to show it to your friends. I didn't think, you know, like, put this on the internet
0: he was just being a bro right yeah Yeah. he's
1: just like oh yeah let's hang out let's be cool he's like i didn't think you're gonna show this to everybody oh it got really popular oh i said this guy was roofied (laughs) roofies people
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh man
1: yeah I, I I love that I, I've I've I think I've watched it twice now, because um, I'm so like enamored with it. I really loved it.
0: Okay. It, it got it, like I said, it got really good, especially appreciating. So yeah, when, like when I turned it off on episode three, I realized it was a satire, but it just seemed like it was going, you know over the top mm-hmm. it didn't seem like it was a very smart commentary on the genre and the, you know i well and i didn't have any kind of mm-hmm. feedback that it paid off so i'm like click
1: right I've, i get that yeah but yeah for for those who are wondering yes it pays off. It's great. Yeah, you know. It is like, my favorite. So TV show maybe
0: I'm a little, also a little embarrassed. I didn't realize it was fake for so long. Like I don't know exactly when I realized it was fake, but I'm like, this is a fucking like, like how can a high school kid film this shit? This is fucking brilliant.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, like I mean, it's it's in 4K. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: they're amazing. These dr- amazing drone shots and these <laughs> amazing like you know.
0: Yeah, so maybe I was a little embarrassed when I realized it was fake. I'm like, oh, I thought this was a high school film. Great music, great sound beds, right? Great, like you know,
1: dun, 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 dun. <laughs> this, this really like yeah. atmospheric music stuff going on. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was not not what high school kids are capable of. I mean, it, it, it's it doesn't feel like a high school documentary. It feels like a no. super well produced. High level. They spent fifteen
0: million dollars on this thing, uh, but it's yeah. And then you know, like later on, you start recognizing actors, right? Like Andy Richter's in it. <laughs>
1: Andy Richter? He's not
0: in. No, there. no, no. Is it? No. Nick um,
1: Mundy's in it at one point, but
0: who's the blonde haired? Who's Dylan's dad? I don't know, but Dylan he was actually is... in the guy yeah. who
1: plays Dylan was in uh, um, twenty. To Jump Street.
0: Okay. Now Dylan's dad, maybe it was... No, it's not, he's not Andy the He's not Andy No. Richard. But no, I've seen it. One
1: of the things that... I, I was reading some stuff about the guys who were doing it, and they said you know they didn't want to get anybody who was really well-known, because that would... It, 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 mm-hmm. Both give away the game and a little bit like... They didn't want people who were performing. They mm-hmm. wanted people to really play this as real. Mm-hmm. As much as possible, just like Star
0: Wars, <laughs> right?
1: It's really about family. As was, <laughs> that's that quote that 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 Redditor Media keeps playing. That it's about family. That's why it's so important. And that, that's what she said about the last movie. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck was the la- what
0: was in the last movie about family? Jimmy Tatro is Dylan. Yeah, he
1: he was he's probably the, one of the most known people, and he was in. Um, like I said, 22 Jump Street. Apparently, uh, some of the other people, like the guy who played Alex Tromboli, was in some Disney Channel stuff. And okay. one who plays uh, Krista Carlyle was in Disney Channel stuff. Which I wouldn't know.
0: Cause... I'm trying to remember where... I, I, I gotta look up who Dylan's dad is. I'm looking His at name
1: where... is Greg. Let's
0: see. Where's this crew at? Cast. See full cast. Because... There was some show I was watching with him in it. I
1: I mean it seems like he you, you know good enough actor to be in other stuff, so yeah.
0: Greg Kavanaugh. Larry Joe Campbell and what else was he in? No, I don't want the premium app. <laughs> Because I, I recognized him immediately But I don't remember where I know him from Jeff's still looking at his phone Yep He was in the Orville That's not where I saw him from It was a TV show Yeah he, he was in the Goldbergs for an episode or two But that's not where I know him from I know him from earlier Weeds, he was in weeds. Okay, according to Jim, he might have had a big boy. My bullying. name is Earl. Okay, my name is Earl, is probably where I know him from. He's a
1: pretty, it's only in two episodes.
0: No, according to Jim, that rings a bell. I didn't really watch a lot of that show, I don't think. Rules of engagement. Maybe I watched more recording than Jim, than, uh... <laughs> G- I thought... Ugh. Well, I mean... Ugh. Courtney Thorne Smith was pretty hot, so... Ugh.
1: Don't give me that shit. that That's fucking... What? What's his name?
0: <laughs> I'm sorry that back in 2002 I watched the show because the girl was hot.
1: You should be. Um...
0: Yeah, his name was Andy, according to Jim, I think that's probably where I know him from.
1: He was in 182 episodes of this show, so he was in all—he was in every show. So yeah, or at least
0: or... okay. I guess I watched more of that show than I thought.
1: You watch enough to to to, to know who that guy is.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: but but that was your that was your key. Like, oh, this isn't real.
0: Well, but th- I know. I, I mean, I realized that like shit is just too insane to be. But, but I think that, it should, that.
1: It, it should be pointed out that things are acted to to in, in a way that it's not jokey, right? It, yeah, no, things no. are played straight.
0: Yeah, I think it was the whole hand jaw arc, right? Well, I that
1: was—I mean, it was just a great arc.
0: <laughs> I think that's the one where it's like, come on, you guys when, are when, they, have, with when me. they have
1: the the the, the CGI of yeah, the hand Yeah, job, yeah, like awesome. you guys are just fucking that, with me. You guys suck. I mean, if you recognize it as a parody, that's brilliant because it's it's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. It's just I, I don't mean, hate it anymore. It's but... taking that that concept of, of showing these computer graphic versions and then yeah, having somebody stroking a big dick out. Uh that's just it's it's just a vector line, right? I mean, it's not... <laughs> Uh and, and like I mean the first episode they're talking about the dicks. Well like I, I watched the first
0: episode When they got into the uh the heads versus the bald yeah. hairs. And oh, then and it goes God, boom, it awesome. boom, boom, boom,
1: boom, boom. It shows picture, 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 picture of all these dicks. Like hair dick, non hair dick, hair dick, non hair dick. I mean I, <laughs> It's so funny. I i I laughed my ass off plenty, and then I felt moved by it. And that's, to me, it was it was the last episode when I felt moved that made this something special. And to me, yeah, it, it, it is among the best stuff I saw on TV last year. It, it is up there with the best episodes of, like, Better Call Saul and stuff like that. It's starting up soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But, I mean... That's how awesome this was mm-hmm. to me. This was fan. This is a fantastic show that I think everybody should watch.
0: Especially if you like dicks.
1: I mean, if you like dicks, it's bonus.
0: Spray painted dicks, Di- or the likeness of a dick, spray painted, yeah. not spray painted like, on a dick.
1: Well, when they're talking about the, you know, the the spray can <laughs> that that does that the, the splatter, splatter yeah. and they're saying. Well, you know, what, what, what could the spider be in the middle? Like, no, you wouldn't start a dick like you wouldn't draw a dick like that. And you're thinking in your head, you're yeah, right, you wouldn't. You draw wouldn't. A dick. <laughs> There's no way you'd draw a dick like that. It's fucking insane. <laughs> you wouldn't start in the middle. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're nearing midnight. It's uh, got the stuff that we wanted to talk about. Thank you, everybody for listening.